Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shed. This week we cover 1985's House. This is a house where no one should live. Woman lived here before you was nuts. Wouldn't be surprised if someone just got fed up and off her. She was my aunt. Heart of gold, though. Roger Cobb has come here alone. Daddy? <laughs> but no one is ever alone in the house. This house knows everything about you. Leave while you can. No! It has been waiting for him. Hi. Sandy. Now. It wants you. Horror has found a new home. House. Enter. At your own risk. So this film was directed by Steve Miner, and uh, the story was conceptualized by Fred Decker. Yep, and then the actual screenplay was written by a guy named Ethan Wiley. And, you know, we have basically people that were involved in Friday the 13th, the making of Friday the 13th, uh, did this film. and To the point that when the trailer for it, the first trailer for this on the disc... It's just talking all about how everybody involved with Friday the 13th is making this movie. Showing scenes from Friday the 13th while cutting into scenes of House and then adding some scenes that were never in the film with the Friday the 13th music. Also coincidentally, I shouldn't say coincidentally, but uh, Harry Manfredini also did the music for House. So it's just like, okay, they were just trying to be like, look, guys, if you like Friday the 13th, come see this movie. Because I, think you'll, I think you'll like it. Just come on over. Just come on. Because Steve Meyer directed Friday the 13th 2 and 3. So then you got Sean Cunningham as the producer. It's just like a little mini Friday the 13th reunion going on here. The cast, we have William Catt as Roger. Believe it or not. Oh, sorry. Wow. Richard Maul as Big Ben. He's also Bull from Night Court. If uh, anyone out there knows what the hell that is, it was uh, on for that show was on for like ten years. George, well, I'm talking. There might be someone in the audience that's you know not you know under the age of thirty years old, <laughs> so right. they might not know what the hell that is. All right, fair enough. George Went uh, is playing Norm Harold. <laughs> Norm. Norm is in the movie. That's all you need to know. Norm is in this one. Cliff is in house too. Holy jazz. That is true. That's crazy. Yeah. I think they went after specifically that just so they could have that connection. You know, I'm not a big fan of this film. I actually, uh, this film bores me to death. Actually, so much so that when we had to rewatch it for the podcast, because uh, Shad has the fancy Anchor Bay. Uh, no, no. Arrow. Arrow. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> if Anchor Bay was still around, I'd have the Anchor Bay stuff. But they're just not around anymore. Because I loved some Anchor Bay. 
I'm so, well, this is mad old. So I thought it was Anchor Bay. All I saw was the A flash in my head. I'm like, oh, of course it has to be Anchor Bay. So sorry. I'm, oh. I apologize. Man, I used to love Arrow. those VHS from Anchor Bay. Those were great. Anywho. <laughs> Dead silence on the other end. Jesus. Look, it's a story about a Vietnam vet. And I yes. do not like um, war stories. I'm a chick, okay? I'm sure there's a lot of chicks out there that like, that do. But this one does not care about having that kind of thing in a movie that I'm watching. I think I like one war story that's ever been, you know, filmed. And this is not it. This is your movie that you like. I'm a house two girl. <laughs> With the uh, creepy caterpillar. With the creepy caterpillar dog. Even though the movie is, you know, it's it's fine. But it... <laughs> it's ridiculous. This is the movie where you say like, oh, you like house two. And then the house people, the people that love house like you look down at me like, oh no, you're shaking your head at me because it's just like. That's a terrible, terrible sequel. You know, I've only seen it like maybe once or twice. And I haven't seen it in probably, God, 20, 25 years. So it, it might be worth revisiting. I'll have to check it out again. Because the last time, no, I can tell you the last time I saw it was when the original, when House got released on DVD for the first time on September 11th, 2001. They included House 2 with it. If you, in the first like 5,000 units. Because I got up mad early on September 11th, 2001, to go down to Suncoast at the mall and be the first in line to buy a house on DVD. Yeah, I really should have turned the radio on and listened to some shit on the way. I got up, got dressed, went to the mall, couldn't figure out why the fuck everything was closed and weird. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah, when I got to the video store and they were watching everything on the TVs there, I was like, oh, oh. I'm just going to get my DVD and go home now. Yeah. But you, I got it was the important thing. But you still got the thing. <laughs> okay. So, anywho. Um, <laughs> so, the film. I have so many questions. And because you are just such a hardcore lover of this movie, maybe you can answer some of them. Because the movie sure fucking did not. Okay? All right. Let's, what do you got? Okay. One. Oh, wait. Did you want to give a little synopsis? Yeah. So William Catt plays Roger Cobb, who is a writer, Vietnam vet, who writes horror novels now. And about a year ago, he, while he was at his aunt's house with his wife and son, their son was mysteriously kidnapped, disappeared. Roger thought he saw him in the pool, but then nobody could find him. So he's been dealing with that for the last year. His wife has left him. It's been a rough year for him. Cut to now, his aunt who owned the house has died, and he decides to go back there and try she to work. She hung herself. Let's just go back. Yeah. She hung herself. So he decides to go back there to finish working on his new book, which is all about his experiences in Vietnam. Which no one wants to read. Yeah, they tell him that nobody wants to read it. This was the mid-80s. No one cared about Vietnam for like another year. And by the way, you pointed this out. I didn't recognize her. And when he's at the bookstore and is doing his book signing... Uh, one of the people that's getting their book signed is uh, Mindy Sterling, who would be famous later for being in the Austin Power movies and being Frau Farbissena. Frau Farbissena, yes. So, what's the purpose of the house? Well, the house was always haunted. The aunt had said 
She's been living with the house and has been haunted for years. So why didn't the house ever... I mean, the Anna's like 102 years old. Why didn't the house ever do anything to her in all the fucking years that she lived in the house? And also, he also grew up in the house and never experienced any phenomenon. And it never went... It never bothered him while he lived there while he was growing up. Well... Now, the aunt said at the one gotcha. part, it was the house. Mm-hmm. She said, the house took your son. The house did it. It does these things. It's evil. Yeah, yeah. So she knew things had been going on. So obviously the house had done something to her. And at the one point, she even says, the house got me, Roger. She sees, he sees like a vision of her just before yeah, she kills Yeah, it got her because she fucking hung herself. So it finally says, it got it her. it got me. It tricked me. And it'll trick you too. Be careful. Yeah. So what you're saying is that... The house was dormant for like the whole time the woman lived in the fucking house, and the whole time Not he whole grew time, up in obviously. the house, uh, the whole time until like when the movie begins, when all of a sudden the house has gone awry and it just decided it's haunted now. Okay, maybe so there had to be a certain number of people in the house. Maybe just two people living in the house didn't do it. They also talked about the her husband, his uncle. He died under mysterious circumstances, too. Okay. So, the house has some kind of issues where it it just decides when it's going to do things and it doesn't do things on a normal basis. On a normal haunted house. You can't put a clock on a haunted house. Fine. Um... But yet the house uses a clock because every... Oh, see, there you go. At midnight, the things happen. He was a little kid. He was asleep at midnight. Okay. So they never, for audience, they never explain anything about the house. If you're a person that like needs to know how things occurred and you know, whatever, you're not going to get these answers in this movie. That's not going to happen. It's just a house. All of a sudden it's doing fuck, you know, shit and you're going to get, you know, probably murdered and you know, whatever. The other, the, my next question, um, now this is what really gets me so the house is haunted as you've mentioned Mm -hmm. and now it's haunted so when william cat moves in and he's going through his experience in vietnam this is where it gets where it's just like what he starts seeing you know, weird shit, monsters come out, whatever. And at a lot of different times in the film, he's transported back into the Vietnam jungle, going over the experience of him having to see Richard Maul's character, um, you know, get shot and killed. And then, well, I should say killed. Get shot and injured and then drug dragged away, you know, where he's going to be like a POW or whatever. Um prisoner of war and my question to you is when you see at the end of the film ben richard mall's character he has been out for revenge against um william katz roger yes so is he in cahoots with the house? Did the house did the house get activated because of this whole revenge scenario I always took it to be that the house really became active. Like when Roger came back there and he was there with his kids, he already had like the hidden kind of like 
trauma of the stuff he was dealing with in Vietnam. He wasn't talking about it. He wasn't dealing with it. And that that kind of got the house a little activated because it's like his pain and his fear. And then when he moved back there and started writing out the stuff about his Vietnam experiences, that's when he started seeing his old friend Ben that got killed in the war. And it kind of used like, kind of fed off his emotions and his fear. Because later on in the movie, he finds out that Richard Mull can't hurt him, that Ben can't hurt him, once he's no longer afraid of him. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's the whole um, Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. 2 scenario. Yeah, Freddy, if you're not afraid of Freddy, he can't hurt you. So, okay. Um, what's your favorite part of the film? Why do you like this movie? Let's just throw that, let's just begin with that. I like this movie because I saw it when I was a kid for the first time. And it was one of the ones I had seen nothing about it. I knew nothing about it except it was coming on HBO. They didn't even show a trailer. It just said it's a haunted house movie with William Catt. I like The Greatest American Hero. I was like, okay, I'll watch this. I watched it. Loved it. It was, you know, there's not. it's not really a scary movie, but it's a lot of, it's one of, the, I think, probably the first, like, horror comedy thing that I saw. So it's always stuck with me. And the other thing of it is, is everybody in this movie, even though it's a B movie, everybody's doing a good job. Everybody gives it their all on here. And there's so many people in this movie that go on to do other things. Like even the two cops that respond to the house at one point, one of them is uh, Stephen Williamson, who would go on to be in a Friday the 13th movie. He'd go on to be in uh, Friday the 13th, Jason Goes to Hell. He'd play the bounty hunter that was trying to track down Jason. You got Alan Autry as the other cop, and he was on that show in the heat of the night for like however long that thing ran, which was probably like 10 years. Also, he became the mayor of Fresno. I love that little fact there. Like, how many of these actors go into politics? But just everybody in the movie, you recognize, of course, like Norm from Cheers, you know, Richard Mull from Night Court. It's, All a, the, it's, it's an ensemble, and yeah. I just, it just really, I really enjoyed it when I saw it. It's a psychological thing about the actors getting, because think about it. He was in the heat of the night. He was a good cop that was always... You yeah. know, trying to help people, whatever. So in people's mind, when they see him, they're like, well, he's good. He's going to do good things because he's, he's not going to withstand, you know, bullshit and, 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 and crime. So it's like perfect mayor. And, yeah. <laughs> and George uh, George Went playing the next door neighbor, Harold, he's pretty much playing Norm. I mean, at one point, he even brings over beer and pizza, you know. So he's just playing Norm from Cheers. This is what Norm does when he's not at Cheers. He helps this guy out. That's my kind of, <laughs> that's my kind of neighbor. Yeah, I mean, I also had, I, I shouldn't say a great love. I really liked this movie for a long time. I think it's one of those ones that if you did watch it when you were younger, you know, you are just, like, it's awesome because it's just like you never said anything like that before. It's like, you know, it's a good story. You're a kid. You're enjoying it. And I did see it also when I was a kid. And I watched it so many times. Like... But I never, as a kid, you don't really think about, and mind you, I'm not saying no kids are like this. I know they're very, I know there are kids out there that are very specific, like you in some things and have very, you know, you have questions, you want to know this, you want to know that, that's inaccurate, like you're all about it. I didn't think about any of that when I was a kid. I just enjoyed the freaking movie. Now as an adult, I'm like, this movie makes no fucking sense. Like, it's just <laughs> it's just all over the place. And it's just, it's like, okay, plot holes here, plot holes there. 
What I enjoy about the movie the most is the amazing set that how the interior of the house is gorgeous. I mean, I just love historical looking Victorian houses and in, in the interior is fantastic. And the monsters, the monsters are all creepy. Like the ones in the fucking chimney with the, with the wide grins. Yeah. It's like, how does the little boy Robert, he's like freaking three, let's say at the most, <laughs> how does he not like, he's like giggling and laughing. How does he not fucking, is he not crying out of his mind? Well, he's the director's son. So he's probably grown up around a few monster things in his life. And he was probably on set watching everything happen. So he was probably like, ah, just another day at work with daddy. Yeah, I would get it if he was like five or six. This is a toddler. Like, it's terrifying. There's a part where... He's running away from William and Cat when this freaking neighbor comes. And the neighbor, the woman neighbor, is so annoying because it's just like, you decided that this yeah, man that lives across the street. Let's talk is, about this for a second. Okay. You can tell this is the 80s and no one gave a shit about kids because this woman, no one even thinks it's that weird. The woman has never met this guy before. She shows up because she's swimming in his pool without asking. He meets her. She says, hey, maybe I'll come by later and we'll have some fun. She comes back later that night. Are you ready to have fun? Because here's my son and he likes to have fun. I have to go out on a date, Roger. You go take care of my three-year-old son for me. I've never met you before. Here's his stuff. Oh, be sure and give him a bath tonight because he likes to take baths. Excuse me? Exactly. That part you just is really handed over. Even before I had a kid, even as a kid when I saw this movie, I was like, what? Who the hell does that? Who just hands over their toddler to a total stranger? Someone who really wants to go on a date and really doesn't care about her kid. Because she just left him there. And then what also gets me is in that scene when they enter the house, she has no fucking bag. There's no bag. Literally, it's her and her dress and her freaking clutch and the kid. That's it. And then when the son, the little boy goes running away where he has like the creepy hand on his back. Yeah. William Cat takes him into the bathroom because he's trying to get the fucking hand off of him. Yeah, the creepy disembodied hand or dismembered hand that he's like cut up from the witch earlier. And the freaking hand is literally like choking the back of the kid's neck and the kid is either the greatest actor ever or <laughs> he was actually being choked or something was happening to him they were doing something to him at the back of his head because he looks terrified and he's crying and it's a genuine cry like oh my god get the fuck off of me i'm scared and then he comes out of the bathroom with william cat like holding him and the mom is like oh there you are, because she was looking for them all over the house. Not totally worded out that her son just came out of the bathroom with a complete stranger. Yeah. But like I, like you said, she's just going to leave him there, and he's and she asked him to take him a bath. And then, and, and then right after, that's when she starts piling on all this fucking magical stuff. I guess, she, who, who is she? Hermione? Like, her fucking little mini clutch opened up to a fucking big bag. My theory on that was she had all that shit sitting right around the corner of the door, and she just grabbed it all up. I guess, but yeah, that's the whole scene she with the kid. She wins then, the award for worst mom of the year. She does. And then 
You know that this house is a kid uh, is hungry for kids or just fucked up and haunted and doing fucked up shit. I would not leave my eyes off of this child for one second because the last thing you need is the cops showing up for another missing kid where you are the only one that have seen the kid and been <laughs> with the kid. And the same house. Not a good scenario for you. No. No. Not at all. But thank goodness, that part when I first saw it got me like anxious, which is the whole point, right? Because you're like, oh my God, you know, they're putting this kid in harm's way. What's going to happen to this freaking kid? You know, and that happens. The other thing I like about the movie is also the incredible paintings. There are some really fucked up paintings in that movie. Yeah, the whole like production design of this, the outside of the, the exterior of the house is just a house in California. They just filmed the exterior of it. And then the inside, they built a two-story set with everything. I mean, it looks like it's pretty detailed in there. It is very detailed. And it was even like 20 feet off the ground. So at the end, when Roger's hanging out of the windows and the doors, and they're, they're doing green screen, but it's actually far enough away with the green screen that it doesn't look 100% fake like some of it did back in the day, you know? But yeah, I love the fact that this was like a big budget movie that they did. I mean, it's a B movie, but they put some money into it because they built an entire interior of a house. So I'm sure that wasn't cheap. I love the state of the state of the art equipment in the scene where he asked, um, I was saying Norm. He asked, <laughs> he asked him to the neighbor to come over and Harold and Harold comes over and he comes into this room that has like, I don't know, six camcorders and all kinds of fucking shit, like high tech shit at the time, you yeah. know, pointed at the door and it's like, wow, that was considered to be like, he spent thousands of dollars on that stuff. And you look at all that now and you're just laughing because you're like, all that shit's in my phone. Nowadays, he would just set his phone up. Maybe he would go buy a special video camera, but probably not. He would just put his phone on like, a stand and turn it to record or to live stream it, you know? Also, Harold is completely useless in this in this scene. So useless. Yeah. He tells him this very elaborate story. Because first, you're not going to invite someone over and be like, hey, uh, so, you know, I got some crazy fucking monster in the closet that I'm trying to, like, you know, win a battle over. So I'm going to need <laughs> your assistance with this. He's like, no, let's co I'll come over and watch a movie. And then once he gets here, he's like, yeah, we ain't watching a movie. I got a raccoon situation and I'm going to need your help. And I need you to harpoon right in the eyes, <laughs> between the eyes, this raccoon. And the guy's like, okay, monster comes out. Okay, I get it. You were expecting a raccoon. Here comes this crazy monster, like that comes out, and it, it's a monster. And it's you're pretty like, pretty elaborate. The freak? It's like a. It look. It kind of reminds me of the like totem pole thing at the end of Hellraiser three, where it's like a conglomeration of bodies twisted together with some of the faces you can see, and that's like long, skinny fingers. You know. Yeah, I want. It's very creepy. I want to split that with in Poltergeist two. When the mm. preacher is like the weird worm guy, yeah, because of the like how wet it looks, yeah, like it's the thing is is fantastic looking. I I mean I really I would not want to see that fucking come out of a closet. Yeah, the the makeup the creatures on this thing are all amazing. And then 
is it just me or I'm going to mess up the name of this, but you're going to correct me. Um, the part where he goes through the mirror in the bathroom, um, and he's like, kind of like in a, I should have said an abyss, but. A void. Yeah, a void. Excuse me. (laughs) Was that like Quizzical? What's his name? Oh, uh, Q Quetzalcoatl? Yes. Yeah, it's like Q. Q fucking Quetzalcoatl shows up. Yeah, it's like a skeleton. They show that on there and they were like, we just wanted to make a fucked up creature. They just made the most yeah. fucked up thing they could think of. It's like a skeleton with bat wings. I love it. Might be it, of Evil Dead. Like, yeah, because uh, that actually takes the shotgun away from him at one point and yes. shoots at him. And that was very kind of Evil Dead, Army of Darkness. Yeah, but those hadn't even even the second Evil Dead hadn't come out at this point yet. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It was a great scene. I always love that where the like so maybe inspired. Demon. Might have. I always love the winged demon working the shotgun. That was great. Yeah, it's freaking hilarious. But yeah, the the creatures are great. That's a big reason to see this movie if you're not into like set design or anything else. The movie overall is is fine. I just the practical I, effects, like no matter what they say, they you know about CGI and that, these still hold up thirty what thirty six years later. You know, all this makeup stuff still looks pretty good. Even the scene where it's just like the haunted tools, like all the tools jump off the wall and come at him. You don't see any strings on those. They managed to film it to where you don't see any strings, you don't see anything, but they do a convincing job of flying around, you know? Yeah, and I have to say, and I feel so bad for saying this, but the aunt um, in the movie, you know, she didn't need any makeup. She was already fucking creepy as hell. Yeah. But... So creepy. Susan French. Susan French... (laughs) She was terrifying in this film. Yeah, she looked like the old lady in the house. Like she would probably hang out with the scary German guy from Monster Squad. Yeah, like they would be people that would hang out and have lunch together and creep everyone the fuck out. Yeah, but she's one of those like old timey, like stage television like uh, film actresses from way back in the day. She was born in nineteen twelve. Yeah. So, so at nineteen eighty six, she was already in her seventies. Yeah, and uh, she's horrifying. And the few scenes that she's in, yeah, she stands out. Like especially as I remember as a kid, going, "Oh, she is a million years old." They even gave her like Victorian esque hair and clothes. They put her like in old time clothes. Yeah, to make it look extra creepy. She looks great. I love that house. That house is. It's. It. I mean. Obviously, it's one of those houses, like, in today's standard, like, the look is like, oh, God, that house is disgusting. It's like grandma's house, you know, just outdated. But it just looked like good bones in there. Like, he did a fantastic job. Yep. And this is one of those ones, too. This was one of the first horror movies I remember seeing where they dropped little references to other uh, horror movies and things. Because the aunt's name, last name is Hooper. Like yeah. Toby Hooper. Then there's Craven Realty. You have Craven Realty. And uh, I thought that was a good tra- little uh, nod to things back when I was a kid. I was like, oh, okay, I get that. Well, what would you rate this film? Um, I'd give it three and a half knives. Wow, three and a half knives. I'm still a fan. Hey, look, and I'll post a picture of this later. It's even got a mulleted Kane Hodder doing stunts on it. That's very true. It does. Yeah, that picture of him with the mullet was hilarious. I gave it a two and a half knives. I think you said stars. No, I said knives. Did you? I don't know. We got to play it back. Two and a half knives. And yeah, I mean, did what's like your favorite part of the film? 
Uh, my favorite part is when he's having to fight the, uh, like, he thinks his ex-wife has come over to see him, and it turns, she, like, drops something under the table, bends over to pick it up, and she raises up as this horrible, hideous witch thing. It's like a weird, it kind of reminds me of the creature, like, the witch woman in the Dark Crystal, like, if you made her more bloated and disgusting, and she tries to murder him, and he ends up in a huge fight with her with a shotgun, he has to, like, eventually dismember her with an axe... That's where you get the hand that's like chasing the kid around later. It's I always love that part. Yeah, that's a great scene. They go all out because it is like she was transformed from being his wife into this monster because she's still wearing jewelry. Yeah. Her nails are red and completely done. Like she has like a freaking manicure. Like it's <laughs> very detailed. It, it's disgusting. Like, the, she's horrifying. In the making of on it, the, they say that uh, one of the stunts Kane Hodder did was he had to be in the bag. He was in the bag where he, like, had her in a, like, giant trash bag, and then he was hitting it with the shovel. He was like, yeah, we just, you know, I put on a helmet and some pads and let him just beat the shit at me with the shovel. He did a good job. Yeah, I <laughs> I did not know that there was someone in that damn bag. Yeah, there was a guy in there so he could move around. That was Kane Hodder in there wiggling around in the bag. That's pretty intense. <laughs> I don't know. I think if I would have inherited, like, my great aunt or my aunt's house and it was that creepy, I guess, well, he he grew up in there, so... He didn't see it as creepy. No, he didn't see it as creepy, but, and like I said, he grew up there, so, and he didn't experience... That From what we know, they, he never mentioned that he had experienced any kind of, like, phenomenon when he would live there. Just, like, his... Just... Only thing was, like, his aunt was a little wacky. You know what? If we ever inherit a large house in California with a pool and a big garage out back, we're moving there. We're going to get all the priests from all of the religions to come in and bless the house. And then we remodel a little bit, and then we sell it. That house in California probably goes for, like, $10 million. Yeah, I'm sure it's very expensive. Because I've seen in the making of documentary on there, they show the people to this day still decorate the house up for Halloween. Because they're, apparently they're fairly cool with people coming by and taking pictures of it. So even on Halloween, they decorate everything up. They had pumpkins, skeletons hanging out of the windows. It was kind of cool that the people are into it, you know? Yeah, because the exterior of the house looks the same. And they didn't do any, like, um, alterations or anything like that. I wonder what the house looks like inside. That yeah, I'd be, be curious to see the real house inside, you know? It's probably completely normal and not like old and creepy looking like it was in the show you'd probably walk in and be like oh okay yeah my big my big uh thing is like where did they put the stairs because a lot of the times when they do these exterior and interior houses where the stairs are in it like in the movie is completely different from where there are in the actual location. Yeah. For it just I don't know, it's just one of those weird things. You're like, what the hell? Why does she care about the stairs? But it's just like is it like at the front of the door? You know? I don't know. I'm weird. I, I have You weird... watch a lot of those house development shows, so you, you, you come by it naturally, it's fine. <laughs> don't tell people my secrets. My oh, secret it's not shows. A secret. We all know. No now we all know. Damn, you put me out there like that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Jump Scare. Don't forget to give us a rating and review on iTunes if you get a chance. We would really appreciate it. It helps us get more uh, listeners and helps us get out there more. And, you know, that we're, our month is concluding, our ghost month 
is um, concluding. And I don't know if we have really... We have one more next week. A theme. Well, yeah, we're we're almost done. But I don't know if we have a theme for next month. We're going to talk about that later. Um, Yeah, we'll talk about... It'll be like a little surprise. If anyone has any suggestions, you could always hit us up on Instagram, Facebook... Twitter, we're all over the place. Twitter, Facebook, no, we don't have a, a page on Facebook, but Twitter yeah. and Instagram, definitely. And you can always email us at stay tuned to the horror at gmail.com. Well, thank you so much, guys, and stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.